Cornucopia Radio presents to A Little Bit Racy, the improvisation comedy panel show that you just couldn't make up. I'm your host, James Cottle, and if I pop out for a few moments during the show, I do have an interview with another podcast. (laughs) In the show... (laughs) In this show... (laughs) Panelists race against a time limit of just three minutes to improvise their way to a destination. They begin from different starting points and use an assortment of randomly assigned objects, companions, and modes of transport but they must keep all of them with them when they travel. They also have to overcome another panellist who will improvise obstacles to try and stop them. Please welcome tonight's panellists, Bobby Anderson, Chris Cosentino, Philip Sharmanet. What's this? It's... It's Tom Harrison with the steel chair! My God! (laughs) So let's move on to the challenge in round one. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious! Dick Van Dyke is reprising his role in the long-awaited sequel, Mary Poppins 2, Revelations. <laughs> However, his unique, universally recognisable Cockney accent has lost its way a little over the years. And in order to recapture the magic of the original, he'll need an accent transplant. A suitably nostalgic Cockney accent is currently frozen in storage in Hackney. Better fetch it. So, attempting the challenge first will be Bobby. Your object tonight is a bow and sparrow. (laughs) Your companion is an astronaut that won't shut up about space. (laughs) Your mode of transport is a speedboat made of glass. And your starting point is trapped in the boot of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang in Canberra, Australia. So, best of luck to you, Bobby, and best of luck to you, Chris. Throwing whatever obstacles you can in his way. Bobby, your time starts now. So I wake up, cold, alone, and it's dark. I've been there for so long and I can't remember, so I accept my fate. Well, to... it's going to be easy. <laughs> <laughs> to help me through this dark time, I begin humming and singing songs from my childhood. I, as it gets darker, I just start... Oh, no. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Chitty, chitty. Suddenly, (laughs) above me I see light as a door slowly opens, and I get out of the boot. I turn around, I thank the desiccated corpse of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, (laughs) look around and find out where I am. Oh, it's a poorly planned city, capital of Australia. (laughs) Sick burn. (laughs) It's a shit place to go. In the driver's seat, strangely, there's an astronaut talking about space, and I pick up a bow and sparrow. (laughs) They seem attached. (laughs) Suddenly I remember I have to go to Hackney, and I work my way south towards the ocean. Canberra's on the south coast, it doesn't take long. Okay, um, as you get to the coast, you start seeing more and more seagulls who start to attack the sparrows. They're natural predators, probably, because no one's allowed to use their internet phone because recording radio. (laughs) (laughs) So I... Take the bow, I take the sparrow, I put it in my pocket for protection, and I use the bow to begin beating seagulls out of the way (laughs) until eventually they accept me as their leader. (laughs) That's how bird psychology works. (laughs) Yep. Kill the alpha. 
Um, <laughs> on the coast, I find a speedboat made of glass. We jump in. I keep having to slap. Okay, um, you jump into the glass speedboat and... It... Softly. Softly. <laughs> I jump into the glass speedboat softly. You gently leap into the speedboat. Yes. I daintily help the astronaut in <laughs> whilst he keeps going on about asteroids and the moon and a soundstage in Nevada. <laughs> One minute left. <laughs> um, we launch off westwards uh, through the ocean. I take the sparrow, I pull it back in the bow that it came with, launch it into the sky so it can warn me of incoming threats. Oh. <laughs> Scouting party, I like it. <laughs> um, we work our way around the south of Africa and uh, up the west coast, continuing speeding away on this glass speedboat powered by... Powered by what exactly? Powered by solar power. I mean, it's glass. Glass absorbs light. Don't mess with me. I'm a master of physics. Ooh. <laughs> okay, well, um, you've been sailing for quite a while now, and in addition to ocean madness, the astronaut who won't shut up about space is really starting to get annoying. How do you deal with not wanting to throw him overboard? <laughs> I point out the wonders of the ocean. Because <laughs> being in space for a long time, he hasn't seen his reflection in a while. So I just point him over the edge. He sees his own face. He's, in ma- he's enamored by it and shuts up for the next few hours. We, as we approach, ten seconds left. Uh, as we approach the south of England, uh, we zoom round it. We don't jump off land. We zoom round it. Go down the Thames because I'm sure Hackney is near the river. Yeah, that's close enough, Bobby Anderson. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Now attempting the challenge will be Chris. Your object tonight is a milkshake that brings all the boys to your yard. (laughs) Your companion is Banksy. Your mode of transport is a Scalextrix car. And your starting point is being caught wearing a wire at Big Reg's totally not a front laundromat in Wrangell Island, just northeast of Russia. (laughs) Best of luck to you, Chris, and best of luck to you, Bobby, trying to stop him. Chris, your time starts now. Okay, so I've been caught out by Big Reg, but uh, I don't want to get shot by him if I can help it. So I managed to convince him that actually I was playing the FBI and I'm really a double, double agent. The problem is uh, they hear that, so I get arrested along with Reg's gang. However, (laughs) while we're in our prison in mainland Russia... um, (laughs) Convenient. Very convenient. Um, I go out into the yard and... Activate my milkshake. (laughs) (laughs) And and lo and behold, boys start blocking towards me. What? Are you now claiming the prison yard as your own yard? It's the yard I'm currently occupying. I don't think the milkshake is going to rule shark me on this one. (laughs) I I hand control to the milkshake. Uh, James, speaking on behalf of the milkshake. (laughs) The milkshake allows this. All the men have come. (laughs) Boys, this is... is Okay, the boys have come. So the boys help me escape from prison. (laughs) And using my scale electric car, I tie it to a bit of string on the end of a stick. And I managed to construct a boy sled (laughs) with Banksy holding onto my waist. And I set off in a... Hold Never on. each threaded westernly direction. <laughs> are, the, are, the, are the boys pulling the sled? Yes, they are. Are they not so still I... attracted to the milkshake in the yard? I've got the milkshake with me. Can't... But you're no longer this, in a this, yard. This isn't your first boy sledding now, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say yes for legal reasons. <laughs> Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> 
screw it. You're, <laughs> the boys are pulling your sled. <laughs> okay, so it's me, Banksy. Um, we get to the coast of Russia. Yeah. <laughs> Where and you the, find... Thank you. The, <laughs> the artful dodger mad at you for stealing all his boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Dodge, hear me out. He doesn't appreciate that. <laughs> Mr. Dodge, Thank hear you. me out. <laughs> um, in addition to returning all these boys, because I'd rather not keep them with me than any longer than I absolutely have to. <laughs> one minute left. I say, how would you like a once uh, one of a kind mural by Banksy, which Banksy does. <laughs> so we're so we're swell. <laughs> as long as it's not for profit, Banksy is happy. There we go. <laughs> Um, so we're at the coast, and uh, I use the scale electric car. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not neglecting any of my items. It's fine. Um, I use my scale electric car to electrocute uh, some of the water and kill some fish, which I then use as bait to catch bigger fish. And I keep going up the evolu- um, up the sort of food chain until I've got a, a whale. And I use <laughs> whale whales in the Baltic Sea. Yeah, it's life with them. So I, <laughs> so Just I, checking. So I saddle up my whale from the Russian coast and head towards... Hackney. Hackney. <laughs> Ten seconds left. And we all know how whales love going in towards the Thames after that really sad thing that happened that one time. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Chris Cosentino. <laughs> Both somewhere on the Thames. Who will win? Find out soon. Now, our second pair will be having a go at getting all the way to Hackney. Attempting the challenge first will be Phil. Your object tonight is an unbreakable piñata. Your companion is a runaway bride. Your mode of transport is a banana skin. And your starting point is cornered by hungry rats in room 208 of a travel lodge in Botswana, South Africa. (laughs) So best of luck to Phil and best of luck to Tom trying to stop him. Phil, your time starts now. So I'm just hanging out at my travel lodge, favourite room, always getting them at 208. It's the best one. Just a tip, if you're ever in Botswana, at the travel lodge, choose 208. So, All right. That's a good number. There's this, <laughs> there's this queue of men here. The first one's like, my boss, my boss keeps changing the mylometer on the cars at the garage he works at. And the next, like, my cousin, he's watching, he's watching the iPlayer, but he's not got a TV licence. And then somebody else wants to tell me about a murder, and I'm like, oh, this is way too much ratting here, rats. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> Leave me well alone. Um, you're just too hungry. I've something to eat. You'll feel, you know, less begrudging to your fellow men and wanting to, you know, maybe help them rather than just rat them out. Your uh, runaway bride is getting like cold feet about her cold feet. She's getting <laughs> warm feet and wants to return to her husband in James' name of place because otherwise I'd cheat. Uh, Papua New Guinea. <laughs> <laughs> So the runaway bride is running away from running away is what's happening. Yeah, she's not really decisive. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, she's really not decisive. She's changed her mind again. Not a few feet away. I mean, <laughs> weddings are a complicated time. And, you know, yeah, it's fine. Exactly. But the great thing is, because of her indecision, she's really angry at the life choices that she's made. She's really, she needs to vent that anger in some way. And I suggest maybe if I can fashion sort of a fishing rod affair with a piñata on the end of it... So dangle it in front of the runaway bride, 
get her to take her frustration out on the piñata and just propel me forward. I've got to perch. I've got to perch on the banana skin a little bit to sort of get the sled effect going as the runaway drive. To be honest, I wish a little bit racy budget had sprung for two bananas. Is that really too much to ask? <laughs> hey, it's a recession climate still. Come on. <laughs> but it's good. Due north, off we go. Sliding all the way. Uh, unfortunately, the piñata is so hard, it's actually like breaking her hands by punching it. I mean, we're really throwing her into the fire here, and I actually feel bad, but, you know. You're underestimating how angry she is with her life decisions. She carries on regardless. I mean, she's really hurt, and I do feel bad for her, but I do need to get to Hackney, so we just plow on through. I've been thinking about this the whole round, and it's going to take all of my cunning and the most intelligent thing I've possibly ever said on this show... You slip on the banana. <laughs> One minute left. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> that sound plays for added humiliation. Okay, this banana skin, I'll be honest, it's spent, I think, as a method of transport. I'm going to need to flag down a hackney cab. Thankfully, they're everywhere. <laughs> Summon the hackney Are you still cab. in Africa? Yeah, yeah, we're about... To be honest, I wasn't looking forward to sliding across the Sahara anyway, so it's, it's for the best I get a different mode of transport. Sand is notoriously bad for banana-related transportation. Absolutely. So I summon a hackney cab we all pile in the runaway bride the piñata the banana skin and I and we press the button that's just on every hackney cab that just says hackney on it <laughs> which is really useful and off it just autopilots us all the way to hackney um, you get held up at uh, customs in Spain uh, <laughs> Because uh, they've decided that they're going to use your hackney cab for their new uh, car exhibit, not exhibition, museum that's opening. So they're uh, offering to buy the hackney cab off of the driver and he's looking real tempted. (laughs) (laughs) Ten seconds left. Well, the runaway bride is a more tempting offer than the money that was being offered. Okay. Let's just just add in that this was mutual. They fell in love with each other. (laughs) I'm just doing damage limitation. (laughs) She's just in love with the idea of being in love but we can use that to our advantage and the cab carries on going okay Bill Sharman that was questionable (laughs) (laughs) attempting the challenge next will be Tom your object tonight is a punch bowl that's been spiked your companion is the winner of the world's hairiest man 2016 (laughs) Your mode of transport is a helicopter operated by constantly blowing into a tube. (laughs) And your starting point is accepting a Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Best Boy in Portland, Oregon. (laughs) So, best of luck to Tom trying to get to Hackney, and best of luck to Phil trying to stop him. Tom, your time starts now. Okay, well, first of all, I feel like I should accept the Golden Raspberry, because, you know, it looks good to do so. So I go up and I make a speech. It's like, it's great to be at a place that's hosted such greats as uh, Halle Berry during her Catwoman stage that killed her career, and uh, Tom Green and uh, the movie Basketball. They're all, (laughs) frankly, awful. Uh, (laughs) I accept the award. Yeah, cheers few shrimp cocktails at the uh, at the after party and then I'm on my way I, uh, well, you're, not, you're not quite on your way because you're being plagued by people who just want to know what the heck does a best boy even do I don't actually know <laughs> uh, and I didn't know at the time of the filming which is maybe is part of the reason that I uh, got this award on an otherwise fantastic uh, all <laughs> animal remake of The Shining <laughs> uh, <laughs> DreamWorks are just running out of ideas. So, 
I hop in my helicopter and I start blowing on it and I very quickly have an asthma attack. So uh, as we plunge out of the sky, I hand it over to the uh, hairiest man who thankfully moonlights as a big bag wolf and thus can huff and puff and blow the helicopter. And we make it to Vancouver uh, where we take in some hipster culture i guess i don't really know what's in vancouver you've got a punch bowl you could be sharing it around sharing out the punch it's got some seagrams in it it's got a little bit of absinthe it was a uh, dirty pint i guess they uh, the banter lad community would call it um the aerodynamics of the world's hairiest man not great no no that's so stalling you right down in fact the drag from his from his elbow hair is causing you real problems well, I uh, have to go all out and I uh, puff my preventer inhaler so much that it probably causes permanent damage from the steroids and gives me kind of weird mood swings and extra body hair, which actually gives me more in common with the hairy dude. So that's good. Um, He's feeling it, threatened. He's feeling threatened. I quickly shave some of my hair off and be like, you're still the hairiest, bro. And I don't want any trouble. As we, uh, One minute left. Oh, my God. Uh, I was next planning to go to Toronto, but I'm going to skip over that and we go to Greenland, <laughs> where, where I take in some... I don't know what's in Greenland. It's not very green, so I take in some ironic bad names uh, uh, before... Uh, you know, have a bit of a break, have some more punch, you know, get get chill out. No, 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 this punch is having the opposite effect of that. You're not chilling out so much as vomiting copiously over the side of your helicopter. <laughs> well, maybe that's chilling out to me. Maybe you know, that's a good relaxing, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'll stain the helicopter a bit, and, but it has also given me a bit of a new lease of breath, you know, clear out the airways with a nice purge. Uh, I'm getting the olive oil and I'm getting the chilli peppers and I, yeah. it's a fab diet <laughs> the world's hairiest man downwind is not agreeing with you i He's... mean it's not fun <laughs> this is not a good situation to be in but i'm i'm kind of soldiering on just about we're kind of skimming over the ocean dramatically 10 seconds uh, left. and i crash down in ireland uh, <laughs> where i um i don't know like you know, have a guinness <laughs> Actually, I, I, I probably don't need any more alcohol really but oh. <laughs> <laughs> the alcohol round with Tom Harris. <laughs> a little bit drunk. <laughs> Very nice stuff from both pairs there in round one. But now it's time to find out who is moving on to round two. And those two people are Chris and Tom. In this round, the winning palace must improvise their way to a whole new destination. They may use their object, companion, and mode of transport again, but this time they are allowed to dispose of them if they wish. However, the defeated palace will try and stop them once again, this time using their own object, companion, and mode of transport to improvise obstacles. In order to prevent them from becoming the a little bit racy, Dick Van Dyke dialect deliverer. Dun dun dun! <laughs> so let's see what the challenge is in round two. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious! The accent is missing! A quick skim of the Hackney Frozen Accent Storage Centre Limited guest book <laughs> reveals that it was signed out by British thespian Rupert Everett. He's soon to star in musical biopic Danny Dyer, I Did It My Way, Sunshine. <laughs> he must be using the accent for his performance. You need to rush to the show's opening night in Seoul, South Korea, confront Rupert Everett and reclaim what is rightfully dicks. So... <laughs> Attempting the challenge first will be Chris, 
who, just to remind everyone, has with him his milkshake that brings all the boys to his yard, Banksy and his scale extract car. But Bobby will now be trying to stop him using his bow and sparrow, his astronaut that won't shut up about space, and a speedboat made out of glass. So, best of luck to you, Chris, trying to get to Seoul, South Korea. Your time starts now. Okay, I head uh, left. And I'm heading towards, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'll be specific, stage left. And I'm heading towards <laughs> South Korea. Yes, that's correct. That's what I told you to do. Cool, okay, so I keep <laughs> heading left until I hit the coast. Um, at which point, um, do I still have my whale at this point, or has he gone off to better climates? Yes. Uh, he's beached, unfortunately. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not dead, yet. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, I think I know what me and Banksy are going to be doing for the uh, next little while. We try to push Albert, that's good a name as any for a whale, back into the ocean, so we have our means of transport back, which goes off without a hitch, evidently. So <laughs> we resaddle Albert and we're off on our way. Um, we Oh, there's quite a lot of land in between, um, <laughs> in between England and South Korea, evidently, so we head upwards. You're going to have to ditch the whale at some point. <laughs> I don't want to ditch the whale. Okay, okay, fine. We'll... The whale ditches you. Oh. oh! You shouldn't have left it beached. You're on the coast of Sweden. We did save its life. Okay, fine, Albert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're at Sweden, and Swedes famously are big fans of urban graffiti art, so having Banksy there and being able to reveal Banksy's identity is a pretty big draw. I'm not going to like round people up again and make another sled. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to do something else a lot more inventive and funny. Um, Unfortunately for you, uh, the attractiveness of Banksy simply can't outweigh the attractiveness of a real-life astronaut because, as we all actually know, Swedes are far more interested in space travel than in urban graffiti. (laughs) Very good points. Um... And I don't think this situation can be alleviated by calling boys into the yard, so I'm in something of a pickle. Um, okay, um, me and Banksy, um, out of nowhere, we tackle and grab onto the astronaut, and I use my scale electric car to short-circuit the, big, the electrically stuff that they have on the back. I'm assuming they have thrusters of some description, so we short-circuit those and we shoot east towards, <laughs> east towards South Korea. Suddenly, out of nowhere, Sparrow (laughs) is back. One minute to go. (laughs) It begins just pecking at you. That sounds mildly annoying, but not necessarily detrimental. Okay, okay, okay. okay. (laughs) Um, Banksy is desperately afraid of sparrows. um, I spray the sparrow with some of Banksy's black spray paint so it looks like a, a blackbird and only seeing one of them perched somewhere is good luck so it's actually helping us now (laughs) (laughs) very nice you're speeding towards Seoul Um, we continue speeding towards Seoul um, soaring through the air until a time where we need to stop soaring at which point we start uh, falling towards the ground safely (laughs) (laughs) oh but what's that the only thing left a glass speedboat (laughs) um Luckily, I saw somebody else give a brilliant demonstration of how to softly leap into a glass speedboat. (laughs) Ten seconds left! So I land in the speedboat without a scratch with a new Blackbird companion, as well as Banksy and my scale electric car, and we stop the thing that was happening in Seoul. Very good! Chris Cotatino! 
Ah, oh, fantastic stuff. You acquired quite the itinerary by yeah. the end there. Well done. <laughs> Your so, carrying capacity has been exceeded. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic stuff from our first pair there in round two. But now attempting the challenge will be Tom, who just to remind everyone has with him a punch bowl that has been spiked. The winner of the world's hairiest man 2016 and a helicopter operated by blowing constantly into a tube. But now Phil will be trying to stop him using his unbreakable piñata, his runaway bride and his banana skin. Please be very kind to the bride in this round. (laughs) Tom, your time starts now. Okay, so I need to get my uh, breath up. So I do some breathing exercises, you know, just really get the motor humming that's my lungs <laughs> <laughs> and I hop in the helicopter uh, we're, so we're jetting off or breathing off across the channel uh, landing in uh, Hungary oh, there's a problem before you get to land and that is that the um, tube that you're using to power your helicopter it's been clogged up with hair and spittle it's like the world's most disgusting drain because the spittle's all boozy that's, oh that's really grim Okay, well, thankfully the punch is so acidic from just the sheer amount of liquor in it that I can pour it down there like Mr. Muscle. (laughs) And let's be honest, the nerd Mr. Muscle, not the stupid jock one. This is a very very serious point. If I'm anything, I'm the nerd Mr. Muscle. uh, It dissolves uh, all of the hair and thankfully clears up the pipe again, so I'm able to make my stop off in Budapest. Uh, <laughs> me and the uh, world's hairiest man you know, obviously got to keep recovering but then we soon jump back in and set off for sunny Kazakhstan um, <laughs> so the world's hairiest man he was the world's hairiest man in 2016 but he's really got to concentrate on his 2017 game so he's really too busy applying sort of conditioners and ablutions just generally to his body to make sure that he's really in the running for 2017. Thankfully, for reasons completely unrelated to my various body image issues, I always carry around a bottle of Rogaine hair stuff. So I lather him up and uh, really just... I mean, you know, what the things we do to win. Uh, uh, Just get him really kind of, you know, fluffed up. I reckon he'll he'll be in with a good shot this year. Maybe that's what we'll do after. To this round, who knows? Um, and so from on there, I fly into Mongolia, uh, kind of just making sure that we don't run out of breath and fall to a horrible death, as you know, is important with air travel. Um, <laughs> the thing about an unbreakable pinata makes an excellent cudgel. Yeah, I was worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> One minute left. Uh, you're getting a cudgeling. I'm just, oh, I'm, cudgeling, cudgeling. I'm just cudgeling you up and down. I uh, cudgel, cudgel, Ow, cudgel. Stop cudgeling me. <laughs> uh, I quickly. This uh, thing ain't breaking. I'm just cudgeling you. In the in the like heat of Kazakhstan, I offer you a refreshing drink that turns out to not only be the spiked punch bowl, but I've also added Bailey's in it, so it's gonna curdle real bad. You're gonna have to <laughs> <laughs> at least sit down, maybe lie down. That's how <laughs> ruthless I am. <laughs> so, we jump from uh, Kazakhstan onwards to China. Uh, we make a quick, uh, brief detour into North Korea where we redacted, 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 redacted. <laughs> Before touching down uh, just over the border, having had no problems at all. And, uh, I can really recommend their tourist ministry. 
Ten seconds left. We stroll into South Korea, only slightly Watch brown. out for that banana skin. Whoa, I fall on the banana skin, but get up again with a slightly twisted ankle. Uh. <laughs> Limp into Seoul. Hey, Tom <laughs> Praise to our overlords. <laughs> Fantastic stuff from both pairs there in round two. But now it's time to find out the conclusion of this tale and who has won this a little bit racy. You fly into Rupert Everett's dressing room and wrench the improbably tangible accent from his posh gob. (laughs) (laughs) There is a collective sigh of relief amongst the surprisingly large Mary Poppins online fan community as Dick's hackneyed hackney accent is returned to him. Meanwhile, poor Rupert is forced to repurpose the show into Daniel Deere, one did it one's way, me old mucker. (laughs) (laughs) Which leaves a certain Danny Dyer very confused in the front row. (laughs) Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, it is you, our winner tonight, Tom Harrison! Well, that's all we got time for in this show. I'd like to thank tonight's panellists, Bobby Anderson, Chris Cosentino, Phil Sharman, and Tom Harrison. I've been your host, James Cottle, and if you're wondering how that interview went, I didn't wear trousers. It was a power move, didn't pay off. (laughs) See you next time. enjoyed a little bit racing would like to find out more follow us on twitter at a little bit racy and like us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash a little bit racy